First Chronicles chapter 22, starting with verse 1. And David said, This is the house of the Lord God. And this is the altar of the burnt offering for Israel. David commanded to gather together the strangers that were in the land of Israel. And he sent masons to hew wrought stones to build the house of God. David prepared iron in abundance for the nails, for the doors of the gates, and for the joinings and brass in abundance without weight. Also cedar trees in abundance, for the Zidonians and they of Tyre brought much cedar wood to David. Verse 5. And David said, Solomon my son is young and tender. And the house that is to be builded for the Lord must be exceeding magnificent. Of fame and of glory throughout all countries. I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. David prepared abundantly before his death. I'm going to come back to that, have that whole one through five ready for me in a moment. I'm going to come back. First Peter, second Peter. Verse 10, chapter 1, 2 Peter, verse 10. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. Make your calling and election sure. The word sure means firm in reference to building Something prepared. I want to preach tonight a prepared place. A prepared place. Lift your hands one more time and ask God to talk to us today. Jesus, I need your help in my mind tonight. I take authority over every spirit of witchcraft that would cloud my mind. God, in the name of Jesus, let your word go forth clear. Let it go forth with a resounding effect on all of our hearts tonight that we can see what you are asking of us in this hour that is quickly closing now. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. Second Peter gives us a little insight with one verse that he slips in and when you see the meaning and he is not alone in his address of building and preparing. Jesus speaks of it frequently as the carpenter and the master builder that he was. For upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. So Jesus speaks of it in Matthew and then the writer's after him, pick up on the same thing that God is after the building of something. And that
prepared place. It's preparation before I ever even pick up my first hammer. David is now coming to a quick close in his life. David is, is, is coming to a place in life where he has realized I've done what God's asked me to do. I fought many battles. I've won and gained great victories. I've challenged Goliath when nobody else would. I've, I've conquered the, the Jebusites when nobody else would conquer them. They left them alone and we had to serve tribute to them. The Jebusites were the people of Jerusalem and David was the only one that came in and destroyed the Jebusites and turned the cards against them and made them become their slaves and become what they needed to be. But in all of this, David learned a very valuable lesson. David learned that before anything is ever built, there's got to go into it preparation. And the place by which I prepare is of utmost importance. It cannot be an area that I just kind of happenstance pick upon myself. That is why we're here tonight together as a church and a family together because we believe in this element whether we acknowledge it or not. This is a prepared place. This is a place that I know whether it be 30 years ago, 5 days ago or just this morning. God met us here. But before he ever met us here, there was somebody that said I gotta prepare the house for which God's gonna abide in. David has had his conquering moments. He has won great victories like never before. And like no other king before him, Saul failed miserably, but David succeeded in every arena. But the lesson that David learned countless times over was God only comes to a prepared place. If there's no preparation or no uh, getting ready for what he's about to do, God's not obligated to show up at that place. Think about a guest at your home. If you had 50 people show up at your house tomorrow, I guarantee you it's going to take a week of preparing and getting ready for what's about to come. We have lost the element in this hour. world. The world has, there's no preparing for the things of God. I prepare for everything else and I'm going to prepare for things of this, this, this world. But yet when it comes to the things of God, it becomes just... David gave us such a beautiful example because now he's coming to the close of his life. And though he could say, you know what? I've had great victories. I've had great things that I've done. I've won great things that nobody else has won. I can now just sit back and coast and just kind of let everything. This is what it's telling me, Brother Mark and Tell. It doesn't matter what age of life you're in or what age of life you're beginning. God still is expecting you and I to prepare. And if I prepare the place, God's ready to come and fill the place that you and I prepare for Him. David, with the victories, could have just sat back and said, uh-uh. It's time for me to coast. It's time for me to just kind of, but watch what he says. Go to now verse 1 in David Chronicles 22. When David begins to assess, I'm a man of war. I built myself a house. The prophet Nathan came to him 
and said, now it's time for you to build God a house. I didn't let you conquer the Jebusites and take over Jerusalem so you could build you a house in Jerusalem. I gave you that victory because there's a purpose I've got in Jerusalem and I need you to build me a house. That's a prophecy that goes way, way back. How many prophecies that God has said over Indian Village, over the state of Louisiana, and God's just looking for somebody to say, I'm going to prepare. I don't want to prepare with my own ability. I want to prepare with the mind of God and the will of God. If God's saying a greater altar, I want a greater altar. If God's saying... Somebody say, hey, that's us. We're talking people of 5,000, 10,000, 15,000. And what people are looking for now is people and assemblies. That Here's what they're saying. 
that the word of God is effectively reaching me where I am and I'm part of a group of believers that are going in the same I'm not just a number on a roll but God knows who I am folks there's a world out there that's looking for answers they're looking for places I don't, look hear me you know what the enemy's done real good for many of us here he's put a blinder over it here's why because we kept working with Joe for 30 years. No offense, Joe. For 30 years, Joe's coming to church. Joe's coming to church. Joe's coming to church. And because we've reached and reached and Joe ain't moved, that veil has come over us now. And whether we want to admit it or not, it's kind of like, well, I guess it just don't work. And what God's trying to say, take your eye off of Joe and put it on best, put it on somebody else. Because when you reach for them, Joe's going to wake up. I'm telling you, there's hungry people out there. Our sons and daughters, husbands and wives are going to be moved on by the Holy Ghost if we will prepare the place. A prepared place is not just the building and the air conditioner. Prepared place is not good sound and good music and good preaching. The prepared place is created by the individuals that are upon the pew. By me and you. Here's how it starts, Sister Peggy. When I'm alone in my home, I begin to prepare a room in my house. And say, God, if you're looking for anywhere to stop by, you can stop by my house. I want you to abide in my house. I want you to abide in my family. And I'm going to do whatever I can do to prepare a place that when you pass by, you'll stay. Is anybody feeling what I'm feeling? Tired of just sporadic revivals. Sporadic moments. I don't feel we're there. I feel we're moving in a direction that God is preparing. And some of you have been praying at home. And some of you have been fighting the devil at the same time. You're kind of like Nehemiah on the wall. you got a sword in one hand and a sickle in the other. You've been building things over here. And you've been fighting the enemy over here. I came to tell you tonight, you're building a place. You're preparing a place that God is not going to look you by. That prayer's not going to go unanswered. But God's going to hear you. He's going to manifest himself. Because I'm doing everything I can to prepare. Long time in coming. Sometimes it takes a little while to build some things. Keep that. I'm coming, Sister Tanya. Keep that on the board. It takes a little while to prepare. I remember the scripture said about Jesus. 30 years for a three-year ministry. You know what that tells me, Kenny? It says God takes a lot of attention and pays a lot of attention to how much you prepare. You'd think he'd come out of the womb healing people in blinded eyes. But he didn't. He had 30 years of preparing and preparing and preparing. Praying when you don't feel like it. Worshiping when you don't feel like it. Praising God when you don't feel like it. That's why, folks, I'm telling you, there's a spirit in this area that does not want you and I to praise and to worship. And you hear me tonight, we made that thing mad. I, I, I feel tonight there's a group of people together as a family. We're about to see a mighty, mighty outpouring of God's spirit like we've never seen before. And it ain't just going to be on Easter. And it ain't just going to be on Father's Day. But it's going to be every Sunday from days going forward. 
be a one-time shot. Ain't just going to be a youth service that fills a place. I walked in, I told Brother Butch, I done seen it now. All them kids up in here, I done seen it. That was more than Easter. And let me tell you what, seeing them kids up in this altar, worshiping God, praising God, jumping around like a bunch of popcorn, they just bouncing from one end to the other, loving God with everything they have. You hear me? That God's got that regularly for us in Indian Village. God's got a group of young people that you and I have never heard of and never seen. And if we prepare the place, God's going to fill it with every bit of His power and His glory. There's people hungry. They're hungry. They're hungry. There's people out there that are so hungry for answers. They're at the end of the road. Like the Bible said, they're at wit's end. And they don't have nowhere to turn. The government's failed them. TV has failed them. Hollywood has failed them. The sporting world has failed them. Everything has failed them. And they're now turning back. Remember we said it a long time ago. All this COVID that was going to come. What could be shaken is going to be shaken. The spiritual is going to get more spiritual. The carnal got more carnal. You need to hear me. That spiritual harvest that came out of COVID. We ain't seen the numbers of it yet. We ain't seen the people walk in the back door yet. There's people that God's dealing with. You know why? Because we prepare. We kept moving forward. We didn't let COVID stop us. We used wisdom and did everything we could. But we kept having church. And we came back together with a greater power a greater emphasis a greater unity a greater love and we're seeing a greater demonstration the sad part is this what led David keep it right there before this let me tell it to you when Moses built the tabernacle and the glory of God set up. He said, build me a place, prepare. Just like Jesus. Jesus said, or God speak, for I have prepared. It was Paul speaking, talking about Jesus. For I have prepared me a body. Come on, stay with me. Why did he prepare a body that he could abide? Jesus is gone. He's looking for a place to stay. He's looking for a home. He's looking for a family. He's looking for a marriage. He's looking for a young person. He's looking for somebody that now he's done departed. And the Holy Ghost is here like a priest this morning. And he's ready to abide in somebody that's willing to prepare. Prepare is going to cost you something. Prepare is going to. But let me tell you, it's worth it in the end. Every day of fasting. Every day of sacrifice. There's not one day I regret. There's not one thing I regret. Because everything was to the glory of God. And you get the benefit of that. And Moses, tabernacle, the glory, the fire, all this stuff. Now David, at this point, tabernacle of Moses was in Gibeah. God showed me this today about four o'clock. In that tabernacle, Brother Fano, was everything of Moses. The altar, the labor, the showbread, the candlestick, the incense. 
But there was one thing the tabernacle didn't have. Does anybody know? Don't mind Lily, she's okay. You can stay right there, she ain't bothering me. She actually came to me last night. So that little baby, she got carte blanche. And that one, right behind her. What was in the tabernacle? What was missing? The ark. They had all the formality. They had the priestly robe. They had everything. Go to the altar. Go to the, the labor. Go to the showbread. Go to all of the formalities. But no glory. What good's the place if I don't do everything to prepare that the glory's going to come? And what does David have? David's in Jerusalem. And he ain't got nothing, Brother Carlton, but one thing. The ark. You know why? Because David learned this one thing, Brother Daryl. If I'll prepare, I might have, I, I got the glory and I got the ark and it's all with me. But if I'll begin to prepare and I, what I don't have, what I'm absent of, what I'm void of, if I can just prepare with what I got, take the best that you got. And I'm telling somebody, your prayer might not be the best and it might feel like you keep hitting the ceiling. You need to just keep preparing and keep praying because there's going to come a day that God's going to let you build a temple like he let... We've learned how to have church in the flesh. Sing two songs. Do an announcement. And then we're done. Preach a little bit. Got my itch tickled. And I go home. And I miss an element of preparing for what God's bringing down the road. I've said this so many times, Brother Smith, about God. I said, God, I pray this every day. God... Don't let me get to tomorrow and have a regret for today. That if there's something I need to prepare for today, if there's something I need to do today, God, don't let me get to tomorrow and have missed a block that I needed to put in place. Maybe there's a prayer I need to pray today. Maybe there's somebody I need to witness to today. Maybe there's somebody I need to reach for today. God, don't let me miss that preparation. You say, well, I've witnessed and nobody's ever come. You and I ain't seen nothing yet. I'm going to keep witnessing and I'm going to keep telling people. And if Joe don't come, Bob's going to come. And if Bob don't come, Sally's going to come. I'm going to cast the net as big as I can, I'm going to throw away the fishing pole and get a cash net and throw it with everything I have. Because I know. David said, this is the house. You ain't got nothing, David. But by the eye of faith, David saw, I'm fixing a building and this is the altar burnt offering. He made his own. Go to the next verse. And David commanded together, and the strangers in the land. When you start preparing, the stranger starts inquiring. I wish I'd have got 17 amens on that one. If I start preparing, 
That means though down the road, down the road here, down the road there, down other people are going to start saying, what in the world are you preparing for in that building? Well, that's what they said about the new building. And you know what we told them? We're preparing for a harvest. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to tell them the same thing again when there's another activity. We're preparing for a harvest. What are we doing on prayer meet? We're doing it because we're preparing for a harvest. That's why we come on Monday night. That's why we're doing a Bible study on Monday night. We're preparing for a harvest. If we can make the place big enough that God can fill it with all of his glory and power the struggle that you and I have is believing that it's working that's the biggest struggle we face because I don't see I've heard that you know how many times I've heard I've had people come to me and say God's going to do this I had Two or three on certain specific topics confirmed over and over. What do I do? Do I just sit back and say, okay, God, David didn't do that. David kept moving forward with what God would allow him to move forward with. And here's the thing. There's some things we might not can do, but there's a whole lot of things we can do. We can grab them visitor cards and hand them out to every individual we see on the street. If you go to Lake Charles, if you go to Iowa, you go to Oakdale, wherever you go, you hand the cards out. Why? I'm reaching for a harvest that you and I, we don't understand the capabilities and the capacity of what God wants to do. I'm not trying to build a mega church. I'm trying to build a God church. And if you and I can build a God church and God home and God family, then we're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles that are going to flow like a river through our midst. We seek his presence. All things are going to be added. David knew if I prepare the strangers, they're going to start coming to build the house. Next verse. Look what he did. He prepared iron in abundance for the nails for the door. I don't know if you could, Matthew 22 and 37, if you can get it quick. If not, I want to come back to this. Talk about nails and the preparation. What, what's a preparation for you and I? Matthew 22, 37, 38 gives us a preparation. It gives us the verse when it says, they all came to Jesus and said, what's the greatest commandment? Remember Jesus, he was a nail. Isaiah said, he was a nail in a sure place. Jesus said, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all thy soul, and thy mind. Next one. And this is the first. Next verse. What's the second one? Love your neighbor as yourself. Two. And he says, these two. Next verse. Hinge. Hang. Or hang. Hinge. It's all the same. Actually talks about a nail in a solid place. What it's saying is, if I give these two commandments down, something it's so hard living for God, Sister Cat. No, it's really real easy. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And when you love Him with all your heart, you're going to love your neighbor like you love yourself. Here's what we're trying to do: we're trying to love our neighbor and not love Him. You say it makes sense. Let me help you make sense. I can love this a lot easier because I'm familiar with Him. I don't understand Him, so He's harder to love because I can't see Him. But if I love him with all my heart, whether I understand him or not, whether I got a total revelation of him or not, I'm going to love him through prayer. I'm going to love him through fasting. I'm going to love him through separation. I'm going to love him with everything. If I love him with everything I have here, then everything here is going to be 
with a pure love. I'll come back and teach on it another day. He said, two sums it up. So go back to Chronicles. You got strangers coming, and they, it's not an accident that they used a nail. All symbolism pointing to how do you prepare for the man? I love him with all my heart. When I wake up in the morning, God, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, no, but you don't understand. I'm facing a court day. I'm facing problems with my kids. I'm facing problems with my grandkids. I'm facing problems. They're about to end up over here and there. I'm facing all these things. It don't change the fact that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when I wake up, it's still the day that the Lord hath made. I choose to rejoice and give him praise and thanksgiving. They prepared. What was the nails for? The door. Because there's a group of people coming, not just here, but there was a group of people that was going to come to that temple and they were going to look at it and be in awe. The temple of temple was gold and overlaid with such splendor. It was typifying, brother, brother Darrell, what we are supposed to do in God, not the building. They gave them a picture in the natural of what God was to be when they walked into that building. They weren't to look at the splendor. It was to mirror how great God was and how powerful God was. What are you saying? I'm saying this. If I prepare the place, Brother Daryl, we cannot have everything together in our life. But if I prepare the place in prayer and I prepare the place in the church and I prepare the place in the community, there's going to be a draw by the Spirit of God that they're not going to look at things we don't have right. They're going to look at the things we do have right because you and I have established there's only two all the rest hang that door all the other commandments that are out there rest on those two if I get those two down pat the rest of them are going to follow suit and the joining in the brass in abundance without weight next verse cedar abundance side on tire they bring in all the wood next verse and here it is and David said Solomon my son is young and tender the house that is to be built for the Lord must be Exceedingly magnificent, a fame of glory throughout all countries. We'll therefore now make a preparation. So David prepared the house or began to prepare abundantly. I'm closing. Close. David prepared abundantly. Here's what it tells me, Sister Helen. The word prepare means to set up, to confirm faithfulness, fashion, fasten, to be fitted, to meet, to order. Here's how I prepare. I bring order into my life. I bring order into my family. I bring order in teaching my kids how to pray and how to live for God. I bring order. I've heard this argument over and over. I've, I've been around enough young couples years ago. That was the biggest thing, Brother Bushnell. When I, we, we passed those young couples, the biggest thing was our kids. Well, I just don't want to tell them what to do. I'm thinking, what in the name of God are you then? You ain't their best friend, their BBF. When they come out doing the foolish stuff, they need a parent that's going to say, you're not dressing like that and you're not acting like that. I'm 
bringing order into my home. I'm prepared. Why am I doing it, Brother Fontenot? I'm doing it because the glory of God is ready to come to the church like it's never been before. We're on the brink of the end time. Everything is lining up in government. Everything is lining up in the world. And God is preparing His church as we prepare for Him. It's a two-way street. And if we prepare with everything we have, God has promised you and I that His glory is going to settle in the temple. He said, bring order. Provide. When I prepare, I'm providing. What do you mean? As a daddy, when I begin to pray in my home, as a mama, when you begin to pray in your home, you know what you're doing? We got it down pat. I bring home the bacon. Bless God. I'm providing for my family. I give them money. What more do they need? Preparing, Brother Ed, is more than just preparing them to teach them a work ethic. That's good. We get up, we go to work. But what's the other part of that? I want to provide for them spiritual examples. So when I prepare, see, here's what David was trying to tell Solomon. Son, you're young, and you ain't got enough sense. Oh, I wish I had just a couple right there. Do you remember, Brother Keith, when you were about 15 and we thought we had the world by the tail and really the world had us by the tail and our daddy did too? We had it all figured out. He's saying, son, let me teach you something. If there's anything you're going to learn from your daddy, you better learn to prepare. You better learn to put up money for a rainy day. You better learn to prepare that you pray not in crisis, but you pray before the crisis ever comes, before there's ever a valley. You better learn to pray now. He's saying, Solomon, you're just a young son, and you might not know everything I know, but I've learned enough that if you'll prepare the place You'll prepare it. What does that mean? If you'll provide for him. Prepare for Solomon. Provide for Solomon. Provide provision. Watch this. David said, David made right abundantly. You know what that means, Brother Roger? Whatever I did wrong, I better make it right. better make it right providing and preparing is making right the wrongs I've done things I've said I need to go apologize and say I'm sorry oh I could hear a rat eat nice on that y'all better not get quiet now I'm going to dig a little more I want to make it right brother Langley I want to make it right if there's somebody I've done wrong I want to go to him and say, you know what? I wasn't thinking right. I was wrong. I'm sorry for what I've done. See, David was teaching that to Solomon. Make it right. Set a right. Be stable. He's telling Solomon, Solomon, now come on. Y'all know the end of the story? Did he hear, brother? Daryl? No, he didn't. He had 700 concubines. 
I got, Sister Dean. But some of them are just going to do what they want to do and life's going to teach them the lesson. But here's what you can do at the end of the day. I prayed. I fasted. I did everything I could. Now, God, I dedicated them unto you. They're back in your hands. Here's the sad part. David never saw the house being built. He never got to see his mistakes. I can take you right now. I think it's 2 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 14. Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. Watch this. Watch how it perpetuates in generation. David said, prepare a London. Make it right. And Solomon started skirting the edge of it. And Solomon got 700 concubines. Now his son comes along, Rehoboam. And go read it, 2 Chronicles 14. And he did evil because he prepared not his heart. So what God calls evil is lack of preparation. So if I don't prepare my family for the end time, God calls it evil. If I don't live for God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, and prepare my heart to prepare their heart, Rehoboam is lost because he wouldn't prepare like his daddy David did. Brother Charlie, I made up in my mind with every fiber if it puts me in the grave early. I'm not backing off of this one element. I'm going to create a home. I'm going to create a church that God's going to be pleased with. When I say create, I'm careful. I'm going to do my best to create an atmosphere that God wants to dwell in our church and God wants to dwell in my home and God wants to dwell in me. I don't want God to pick up his heels one day and say, you know what, Benoit, you ain't really been doing it right. It's time for me to go. But I want God to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. It's time for you to come in. Stand with me. Keep that. Go back to that one fast. That pre- preparation deal. Verse 5. 1 Chronicles 22 5. Preparation. David prepared. He firmly established. And here's my closing remark with it. First of all, he did it in abundance. David did it with everything he had. He didn't hold nothing back, Brother Larry. He was was just a wild man in what he did because he knew his time was short. If you had only three days left, Brother Larry, what would you do to reach the people you love? Come on, somebody. If you knew you only had a few days left, what would you do to reach the people you love? In abundance, I'm going to live for him. That they have a good witness. I'm not going to go preach to them, brother. That's not what I'm advocating. What I'm advocating is this, brother Charlie. That I live for God with all of my heart. That they can say, I had a good witness in front of me. They saw the joy of the Lord. They saw the peace of God. They saw hope and happiness in living for God. That's the testimony I want them to see. And David not only did all of that, but he firmly established Solomon built it. David never saw it. But there was something that he imparted to that boy, Brother Larry, that had to be spoken as a lesson of preparation. 
the end of that story is he built the temple. And God filled it with his glory so much that the presence of God was so thick in a cloud that they couldn't even get through to minister. Go back to my beginning statement. I believe this is where I get crazy. I believe I've seen it before. I've seen a haze rest over a congregation and the power of God start falling and fire start falling out of that haze. And Brother Mike, I saw people begin to fall back on their pew and just start talking in tongues. Never laid a hand on them, but the power of God start falling on them. I'm crazy enough to believe that if we prepare the house and we prepare the place, God's going to come in like a cloud and it's just going to settle. And where people have come in with addiction, and they've come in with baggage that they can't get over. God is going to start healing their mind. God's going to start putting their family back together. God's going to start healing sons and daughters. Tonight, I sat at my desk. And if you'd see my desk, I got a pile of papers probably about that high. Every one of them sermons. Sermons I've preached before, sermons I've never preached before. And they sat on my desk today, yesterday. Sister Claudia, you know it would be so easy? It just pulled out one of them faithful fuse that I preached a few times. And I could have got you stirred and got you whatever. But I kept going back to this. And the Holy Ghost kept saying, tell them. If they'll prepare a place. Regardless how long it takes. Prepare the place. I will visit them with my glory in the end time. Like Indian Village has never seen before. And I'm here to tell you it ain't just for Indian Village. It's going to go beyond Indian Village. This is, Elder, I'm so glad you're my presbyter. And I'm so glad you're on my pew. Me and you got to hang on because we're going to rattle some cages. I want order and ethics. I'm far to 110%. I got issues right now. I'm, I'm going I'm to be orderly and ethical. But you hear me? When it comes to revival in this end time, we ain't going to have time to dot every. This is where we're going to have to trust one another and unity and love in one another and believe that God is preparing us for a great harvest. There's plenty of people to fill every church in this area. Got to fight over who and the what. That's all over money. And when money don't control you, you can be apostolic. But when money controls you, you can't be apostolic. That's why when I evangelized Elder New, I wasn't looking for a church. I had months booked. I was good to go. Financially, we were good. But God said, there's a people you're hungry they're hungry and together oh I see it brother I see why God again wrapping his arm and glory around us saying I'm about to do a work brother Daryl that's going to be unprecedented and God gave us another little glimpse tonight in a simple message it just says prepare the place because if you prepare the place, go home, prepare your home. Go home, prepare your home. Clean your home out. Do whatever you got to do. Let that son and daughter, let that family member, next time they call, go ahead and tell. They go say, what you doing? Go ahead and tell them. I was praying. Really? Well, you know what? I was praying for you. Because I promise you, 
Ain't nobody going to ever refuse prayer. I got that bricklayer. Brother Carlton, you know that bricklayer that came, and I think he did this, but he did my house. I said, fellas, name Goldberg, 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 You know what he did? Me and him got up on that roof, and he's laying that brick, and God gave me a word for him. And you know what I told him? I said, I don't know who your mama is, but your mama prayed for you. And her prayers is the only thing keeping you alive. If it wouldn't be for her prayers, you'd be in a drunken stupor right now. And you know what? Gobert showed up the other day again. And you know what the first thing he said out of his mouth? He said, preacher, please don't stop praying for me. He said, I need something from God. He said, I need something from God. He said, you say, well, preacher, what's it? Every person that walk on my property, I'm going to tell them about Jesus. Every supermarket I can go to, I'm going to try to find more people. i got to give them a car that I can tell. You know, what are you doing? I'm preparing a place that families can come to. And they can find help, healing, and wholeness to their mind and spirit. Are you ready to see God fill the place? We sang about it tonight. Tonight, lift your hands. Step out of your pew tonight. Come. If you're ready to prepare a place.